to show. What's going on, everybody? It's Dante again with another episode of Authomats Podcast. So, as a few of the past episodes have been leading up, or I'm sorry, themed uh, about pro wrestling because WrestleMania is going to be coming up uh, early April. So, the ideal that I want to kind of run with was, you know, I know a lot of you guys in the community watch wrestling, whether you want to admit it or not. I know that you do. Um, Cause I do. So my whole feeling was I know several friends who enjoy wrestling as well and not only enjoy, but I, I have a, uh, one friend who actually, uh, travel. Like, I think he went to like every WrestleMania or not every WrestleMania, but he went to a lot of WrestleManias in the last 10 years. And then, um, he'll be upcoming. And then also I have a friend who, um, was in the business as a promoter. So I want to get, um, those gentlemen on here and have those discussions. So this episode, um, I have my uh, friend from Nerd Rage Radio um, as well. So he's got some podcast experience behind him and um, into the realm as well. You know, those guys, if you all are familiar, I have Mr. Chris Pinkerton with me. So um, we're going to talk with him and go over some of his experience. What's up, Chris? How you been? Hey Dante, man, I've been been uh, been doing as good as I can lately. Um, <laughs> hanging in there for sure. Uh, understandable, understandable. I mean, that's pretty much. I guess with this past year, I guess that's really the stance for everybody. We've just been doing as best we can, right? Um, so, um, and I wanted to have Chris on because we've talked before in the past um, a little bit about wrestling. Um, yeah, we always seem to be around people who don't want to hear about wrestling when, (laughs) when we're together. So we never get too deep in the weeds with it. It's like, anytime, like we're there, you'll start bringing it up and I'm getting excited. And then, then I have to like check myself like shit, like there's not a single person in here, but us want to hear, you know, what's going on, whether it be, uh, AEW, New Japan, WWE, um, uh, NWA. It's like, okay, you know what? That's fine. We'll save it. And I've been like, you know, making a note to myself. I got to find a way to get Chris on here so we can talk wrestling just straight up. And it's like, this is the perfect time. So absolutely. um, So with with uh, just as a viewer of wrestling, Mm -hmm. do you you know, are you watching like everything that's coming up or are you, you know, more so leaning with AW more so? NXT, you know, Raw, SmackDown, um, you have a preference? So if right now you told me uh, there's only going to be one wrestling promotion for forever and what's it going to be, I would, based on what I enjoy the most is AEW. Mm -hmm. Um, I I, I genuinely get (laughs) excited on Wednesdays because, oh, man, AEW is tonight. And then I, I do watch, I watch at raw. Um, I record a live podcast on Mondays during raw, so I don't see most of it, but I, I follow a couple YouTube channels and, and, you know, watch the, the recaps the next morning and SmackDown supposedly is moving to Tuesdays, which I'm pretty excited about because oh. I got tired of flipping back between the two, you know, they're, they're both AEW and, and NXT are on at the same time right now on Wednesdays. Yes. 
So I finally just gave up on NXT. Um, and the other thing with NXT is if you just watch the takeovers, they're going to tell you, I've said for a long time, if you could just watch wrestling pay-per-views and never watch the week-to-week show, you they tell you everything that's happened. True. Every little nook and cranny. But I watch WWE stuff also. Uh, SmackDown most Fridays I watch. Um, I don't watch TNA. I do have it like on Twitch, but I, I don't I don't watch it normally. Um, apparently, it's a pretty good product. My buddy Jose is uh, is a real big fan of what they've been doing. But yeah, so you know, and I watch old clips on on you know uh, YouTube sometimes. Fall down a rabbit hole and you know end up watching some uh, Jerry Lawler Memphis matches or something crazy like that. <laughs> I actually. I, I want to watch AEW. I don't. I don't have access, so I don't have a cable. I think I have access to utilize cable. I just don't have cable. <laughs> I got that makes any sense. Well, um, most cable companies have an app, and if someone has a password, you yep. know, you can watch it that way. Or I, I can't believe they don't have a way to watch it. And that was one reason I was, I was watching AEW because um, it comes on. You know, there's not another good way to watch it. Uh, and then NXT, like you can watch the next day on Hulu or whatever. Yeah, that that's how I watch Raw. I enjoy NXT. I think I just need to make well, and they're moving though, so that mm-hmm. might help me yeah. um, keep keep tabs on them. But I enjoy NXT when I do see it. I just my my brain isn't scheduled to watch <laughs> it. I got you when it comes on, and and that's kind of same with AEW, but. It's more so AEW that I don't like. I'm sure I can go and pull up the TNT app and put in my friend's password, and because I use their password to watch anything else that utilizes cable, um, right? And it's like I just that that's one of the ones because the only thing I would ever watch on TNT would be that. So it's hard for me to always remember go to TNT, you know, watch AEW because right, yeah, I'm, I literally the only thing I watch is on TNT is <laughs> they give me for those two hours a week. That's it. Bad. I mean, and the, the thing is what the, in the bit of AEW that I have watched, I have enjoyed just, but like I, I watched uh paper over the summer mm-hmm. and it was when, um, they had the, uh, orange Cassidy versus, um, Jericho. Oh, uh, and the, the most match, the most match, <laughs> which, I, I I enjoyed that that card, and then I just watched Revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, recently, that was good. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. Uh, the the barbed wire match was a little. Um, yeah, it, I, 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 that was everything up until that point. I was I was in the thousand percent. Then the barbed wire match, I get it, but at the same Wait, time, are you just, talking about the match in general or just the way it ended? The the way it ended, oh, yeah. like it was just kind of like okay, like, so so I get the, it. Well, the way it ended was uh, they had tested the the explosives two times before then, and everything worked fine. And of course, the time they needed to go, it doesn't. But they did a great kayfabe mm-hmm. fix of what happened on the, on the show this past week. Okay, and so story yeah. storyline fix. They basically said that. Kenny Omega and Don Callis said that they didn't want to give, uh, they didn't want to give John Moxley that kind of send off. He didn't deserve it, and the fans didn't deserve it. So they 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 made it lame on purpose. Right, and then good. Eddie Kingston cut a great promo too. So. Good save, good save. Yeah, I guess um, all things considered. 
because <laughs> like the match i mean it, it was fun it was like the entire car was fun so mm-hmm. um and that that said to myself afterwards like i need to i need to watch more AEW. it's it's just a it, it doesn't have the uh i do enjoy wwe mm-hmm. but you know there's just I think number one, just with the roster size is so big, you have so much talent that's getting not used. Right. Um, and, you know, when you think about that in the back of your mind, and then some of the talent that is being used is just being used in a silly way where it's like, you know, that, you know, that, you know, that whatever it may, for whatever reason, you know, they may be getting punished or something. I don't know. But, uh, you know, looking at AEW, it's like, okay, you know, you see what talent's here, that talent's being used. Um, and some things are, are, are hits, some some are missed, but it, you know it's still fun, uh, you know, just to see everybody shine a little bit and get and get their moment. So, um, yeah, I, for sure. I enjoy it. You know, they have such a deep roster; it's very, it's got to be challenging to figure out what to do with everybody. And people get lost in the shuffle. I mean, think about yeah. Alistair Black, incredible it, talent. When's yeah. the last time you saw that dude? Um, this is, uh, uh, I'm glad to see they're doing something with Cesaro. Um, yes. Um, the what's the guy's name? The guy's dating Charlotte Flair. Anyways, um, oh shit, the guy that was with Selena Vega. What's his name? Uh, god damn it, what's his name? I can't remember it now. Any, yeah, well, apparently yeah. they're doing a great job keeping him front of mind for both of us. Um, <laughs> but he asked for his release apparently because I haven't used him oh. since I don't know. I mean, that that's at one point in time, I think they were just signing people so nobody else would sign them. Yeah. I, and I guess yeah. to an extent that's still what you know what they need to do, but uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> Book some more time to show people wrestling, or or let them go work somewhere else. I I agree that there was um, just looking at just looking at the roster as a whole. You know, with having the two the three different shows, even yeah. Uh, um, you know, uh, weekly, I, I tend to catch Raw weekly, at least on Tuesday on Hulu. With SmackDown being Friday, it gets lost in my shuffle. I just, you know, somehow I, I miss it. I lose it. I end up watching like three weeks of the SmackDown in one night, you know, just because it's like, oh, shit, I'm that far behind. Right. Um, but then it's like you said, it's like, you know, you're at kind of a point now where you just watch the pay-per-views and they'll give you a rundown of what's going on. Yeah, I mean, and, and I'll, I'll, there's the Wrestle Talks, the channel I like, some British guys that, you know, and I watch I literally every morning it comes on at 8 a.m., so or set six days a week at least. You know, and I always, always watch, I'll watch that and catch up on, on anything. And if something just seems like can't miss television, I'll, I'll go in and, uh, and, you know, find it and watch it on the app or something. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I look, when I, when we were growing up, you know, Monday nights, it was great. And then they started doing Thursdays and now mm-hmm. we get Monday, like what, two Sundays a month. Uh, and then Monday yeah. we're going to have Tuesday, Wednesday and Friday. I mean, so. that's, I mean, yeah, like growing up, you know, we got, we just got Monday and sometimes we have Sunday night heat. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Sunday night heat, <laughs> Saturday night man event. And they, but, yeah. You know, they they made that feel so special, like Saturday Night Main Event. Mom almost did watch wrestling. Okay. <laughs> well, I remember I didn't know that Saturday Night Main Event was back, so I was here. I was like, "What's going on? Saturday Night Main Event? That's 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 a thing again." And you know, I checked. I was like, "Okay, it's it's fine. You know, it's, yeah, it, it sounds special, but it's really just 
just a you know an addendum so but however it goes that's fine um at this point like i said really i check in for like like i tune in hardcore for the 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 four main uh pay-per-views summerslam right uh survivor series mania and royal rumble those are the four that i'm yeah the original four and then anything else in between you know like tlc or elimination chamber hell in a cell you know i'll 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 peak but i'm not really you know locked in but i watch all of them every Every WWE pay per view. I the, sometimes the NXT ones. I literally just don't remember that it's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, but like especially if they do. Sometimes they'll do a pay per view, quote unquote. I don't even want. I guess I don't get. Can you order an NXT show on, as pay per view? I don't even. know. I but don't. I guess we just use that term. Yeah. Um. I, I'll just forget that it's on if it's like one of you know. Sometimes they'll do like WrestleMania weekend. They'll do a takeover. Mm-hmm. Not WrestleMania. Well, they are doing. Yes, but the example would be like uh, Elimination Chamber. They're doing a, a NXT the night before. I normally will, will watch that. But if it's NXTs doing their own thing on a on a Sunday, I, a lot of the time I'll miss it just because I'll forget. I stumbled upon Vengeance one Sunday night. I turned on WWE Network just to see. Uh, you know what? Let me go ahead and sit back and watch some old uh, King of the Rings. I was right. like, oh, Vengeance is on. Let me go ahead and sit down and watch this instead. Um, but I, uh, but to be fair, I don't watch the NXT weekly show. So me knowing that it's coming up, it's very rare that I would even be aware of it. So right, there's that in the mix as well, but you know, that's just the thing. Um, but uh, for me right now, I, you know, got a couple questions directly for you just in general, just kind of, like I said, you, you know, you, you ran a promotion, you were a promoter. Um, and I actually just finished, not finished Nerd Rage, um, the most recent one, but yeah, the most recent one. I'm kind of like three quarters of the way. You're talking about uh, an ideal for a match. Like, oh, yeah, that's about like, the yeah. talent. Somebody's yeah. probably already done that, man. Just the, the count out. You have to win my count out. I've never, I can't think of it happening. I'm sure it happened somewhere. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, but like, as I'm like thinking, cause I was driving when I listened, I was like, huh, I, I'd watch that. That's, you know, that, that has a new twist to it all. I mean, it's, it's basically, uh, what is it? Uh, last man standing essentially. Essentially. Um, yeah. But you got to get but, back to the ring. Yeah. But I, you know, no. yeah, it's gotta be out of the ring and that's yeah. a whole nother chapter to it. I like it. I, I'd watch it, dude. So, um, like send that over to um, <laughs> AEW, make that shit happen. Yeah, but how? So when you were running a promotion, like, w- like mm-hmm. when about like how did it come about? First off, like, well, sure. So I started, I re- I started as a, as a wrestler, for the loosest term. Um, a buddy of mine, and uh, that I'd known for a long time, and then the guy who became my brother in law. Um, we all, you know, either worked together or knew each other. And, and somebody, another friend of ours had a, <laughs> this is such a convoluted story. Another friend of ours had a brother-in-law who was, uh, who was in wrestling. And this is, we lived in this little town and there was wrestling going on, like in, indie wrestling going on in this town. And it had been going on for like 40 years and we didn't know about it. If it tells you how, how poorly this was ran. So uh, we go to this place and it's, it's almost just like an unfinished house and they have the ceiling notched out above the ring. 
so there's room okay. enough to, to bump and stuff. So like if you got on the top rope, you could hold yourself up. It was, and you know, we learned how to bump. We learned how to, you know, do some very basic moves, hip toss, arm drag, you know, uh, stall suplex, maybe just some simple, simple stuff. Um, and you know, I got thrown in there first, obviously, cause I'm, you know, six, seven, the first, the second match I was in, I got hit, uh, by a taser, um, quote unquote hit by a taser and the third match I was in, I got put through a flaming table. Nice. Um, so I knew everything was going off to a great start. So, um, you know, learning, learning that little circuit there, this is North Alabama. There was a, this show ran on Saturday. There was a show about 45 minutes away that ran on Friday that a lot of people work that both of those shows. So we started, you know, working that show, um, go a little further, another direction. There was a couple more shows, and the quality of these shows depended greatly on the promoter. Um, and oh, around sure. this time, I had uh, there was a when I was in high school, there was always these dipshit kids that would cut through our yard on bikes, and my dad would always get pissed about it. So I started yelling at them too. Um, come to find out, I was wrestling, and this kid asked, "We were talking about where we lived," and he told me where he lived. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'm lived. My parents live right around the corner." Long story short, he was the dipshit kid that used to cut through the yard, um, but became one of my best friends in wrestling. We tagged together and stuff, and he introduced me to Ring of Honor. Hmm. This was like VHS tapes. Hey, did you watch any of the early Ring of Honor? Like they were literally set up in. It was a very indie situation, you know. They might have had a stage to walk down. It was like in a high school gym or rec so center. I recently went to a, a Ring of Honor show. Yes, uh, when, I, when I say recent, COVID. probably like what a year, like, uh, twenty nineteen. Right COVID, right? Yeah, yeah. So that that was my actual first exposure to Ring of Honor Ooh. at all. Like I was aware of them, but I've never right. seen anything about them. I just saw the the logo. Okay, so so just ten cent tour here. Ring of Honor was uh, kind of came out of nowhere um, promotion uh, running. Um, they're actually they're actually based here in Baltimore. Mm. Uh, to speak in broad terms, um, I think they started maybe in Philly, though. Kind of, kind of some of the uh, some of the crumbles left from the original ECW, um, but it was a very professionally ran promotion. They had, um, you know, had a roster of guys. The matches were phenomenal. It was just, um, did you used to watch TNA back in the day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like X Division, those crazy guys in the six hundred. So just think, just think that, but turned up another two notches. Like we're just insane stuff. And it's the production of it. And so what was happening where we wrestled was there was guys that I think about this now, guys that were my age and older, cause I'm, I'll be 45 this year that were still wrestling. You know, this was definitely a, this is just what I go do on Saturdays instead of going to the bar kind of thing. Um, they just, you know, drank in the back of the wrestling show and tried not to commit homicide. Um, there's some stories there for sure. Uh, and then there were, you know, I was not the young guy coming in. I didn't start really wrestling, I think, till I was like 30 or 31. Um, but there were, you know, kids coming in that were 20, 21, and, and they were trying to have these matches with these 65-year-old guys that were drunk. I'm like, these guys are never going to get anywhere. Um, and, you know, me and, me and a couple friends started talking, I'm like, Look, we can do a better show than this. We we can do a better show. There's no doubt we can do a better show than anybody's doing that we can go work for. There was one other guy who was actually an NWA affiliate back when you could buy into the NWA. 
um, that was running pretty decent shows. And, and I had made friends with him through a couple different interactions and I rented a ring from him. Um, we, you know, talked it up, got people going. We ran on a Tuesday, was it Tuesday or Wednesday? I don't remember. I believe it was, I believe it was Tuesday. Yeah, it was Tuesdays. That's right. Cause we'd set the wing up the ring, the wing. We'd set the <laughs> ring up on Monday nights and then go eat Chinese food. That's like our, and then we'd watch wrestling and yeah, that was what a time anyways um rented a ring set it up rented a sound system um you know had everything set up there got you know used my contacts got a bunch of get of course we were still getting some heat from these guys the the local guys so i tried to book the cream of the over 50 wrestling crop now some of these guys would would draw right so you got to think about your promoter right you want to put on this quality product but but you know that Jimbo's always bring seven people with it. And you know. <laughs> so we we'd run the first show. Um, I had no idea what to expect. And I had I had taken a step back from wrestling. I had no intentions of wrestling every week. I was gonna kind of wrestle if somebody didn't show up or you know, the way shit, we have we have twelve we have thirteen people here tonight. We need one more to to, you know, sure that yep. kind of deal. Um so we ran the show and, you know, I was expecting, I had no idea what to expect crowd wise. I think we had like 80 people there, which may not seem like a lot, but it was a lot. I mean, the shows that we were going to were probably drawing 30 or 40 people. Sometimes, sometimes 80, but not on a regular basis. 80 is a hell of a, hell of a number. Like just thinking about like, if you do anything, people, yeah. you know, Having a crowd of 20 people watching something is enough to, you know, sure. like, oh, 20 people saw this. So now times that by four. That's mm-hmm. that's yeah. Like you said, it doesn't seem like a lot. But when you put it in perspective, it's like, no, that's a good number. Right. Well, in an in, in early obstacle was finding a place to run wrestling. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, these people own their own building. The Keith Bubba Wallace Memorial Wrestling Complex is what it was called. It, it sounds like a place that if you I know. saw that name, I was like, they wrestled there, I promise you. Yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> oh, um, not a lick of pavement on the you had to park in the grass, even though the wrestlers we had to park in the grass and walk through the front door just like everybody else. It was ridiculous. So, you know, through connections and just trying to find, you know, there was an armory and what they wanted if they wanted. You know, we were we were just going to try to do like a show here and a show there. We just could not find anywhere to do it. And and one of my buddies that helped me start it that kind of wandered away shortly thereafter. He um he was dating some girl who I guess it had come up in conversation that her uncle every Saturday, Friday, and Saturday went to the the Elkmont Country Music Barn off a of highway. Off of Interstate 65 in Elkmont, Alabama. Um, it was a country music dance hall. Country music dance hall with a stage and a snack bar. Um, but there was plenty of room to put a wrestling ring right in the middle. And she was looking for something to fill in days where she didn't have something going on. So we kind of, you know, came up with a rough draft of what she wanted. And I don't remember. It was a certain amount plus per per head we had to pay per however many people came in hmm. um i want to say it was it was only like i think it was like either 50 or 75 bucks plus how a dollar or two per per i think it was a dollar per person and we were charging i 
think eight dollars, which seemed outrageous at the time because the other promotion was charging five. Hmm. Um, so I did the math. I'm like, okay, if we can draw this many people, you know, we can we can pay out what these guys used to get paid. Which there were some there's some guys that this is nobody you've ever heard of at this point, but there were some guys that um were traveling, you know, trying to make a name for themselves, had bought professional gear, you know, actually went to the gym. I don't know if they worked out when they were there, but they went to the gym. <laughs> you know, had at a present showed up. Right. They were selling eight by tens and they asked for a little bit more money. And I I was able to accommodate that, you know, to keep them interested in the local product. So okay. um we ran our first night and you know I got the money and I was sorting it out. And that was always you have this pile of cash and, you know, you have to pay wrestler a certain amount, wrestler B a certain amount. And then you figure out, uh, you know, what you're going to be able to pay everybody else. And the way I ran it was, let me do that and see what's left. And if there's anything left, we'll put it in the kitty for later. Um, So I paid out. <laughs> this is gonna, probably going to make you laugh. Um. I remember passing out envelopes and this one kid um, who was such a dipshit, but he comes up to me. He's like, Hey man, man, $10, man, that's double what I get everywhere else. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we're trying to take care of you guys. So, you know, I was paying like my, the top guys, quote unquote, <laughs> we're getting $20. Um, but, you know, paying $10 was, was, the top of the top of the crop you know they weren't getting ten dollars anywhere else and then put put it in perspective what the the other place i mean they were probably drawing 40 or 50 people but they the building was paid for they weren't taking anything so to pay my first wrestle match i got paid four dollars actually still i still have the envelope that's hanging up in my my basement here my four dollar payout and i get hit by a gimmick taser during that match it was actually a real taser that I'm just really glad the guy knew how to work it a little bit. So, you know, from there, we uh, we made some more connections with um, some of the guys that were traveling. Um, we're working up in Nashville, which TNA was based in Nashville at the time. So I get a call from this guy one day. His name's Adam Armour. He says, hey, um, would you be interested in bringing in some names? Well, be more specific about what names are. You know, I, wasn't, I had no interest in bringing in, you know, Nikolai Koloff or any of those super old guys. Yeah. But um, he's like, nah, man, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm up here in Nashville a lot. And some of these TNA guys, they don't do anything on Tuesdays. So here comes James Storm. Come the Naturals. Um, Eric Young. Um, Cassidy O'Reilly, I believe was the guy's name. Tracy Brooks. Um, female Tracy Brooks. That was... Uh, yeah, all TNA guys. And Tracy Smothers came probably once a month. He was um, kind of a staple of our show. Such a character. Yeah. So, so just like thinking about like I'm I'm still like kind of stuck on the payout part. Okay. Um, well, because like think about well like the overhead and everything too. You know. Mm-hmm. Having to pay for the spot, and because I was think because I was still a, I was still renting a ring at that time as well. Mm. Later on, we built the ring. So I, I actually remember hearing you uh, talk about at least kind of mention that at mm-hmm. some point. Just 
in in whatever gathering we've been at. I remember sure. it might have been a Nerd Rage episode. You might have mentioned it. Um, but so yeah, th- that that does ring a bell to me. But like just thinking about like the payout to do like be like you got paid four dollars for your first match, <laughs> right? It's just like wow, like. Because I mean, in the jiu-jitsu community, that's kind of one of those things, too, we think about with, like, s- some of the bigger tournaments. People talk yeah. about, you know, the pay. And, you know, a lot of tournaments, most tournaments, we don't get, you know, paid at all. It's just, like, you show up, and if you win, you get a, a $3 medal that, you, you know, you could have got down at the trophy shop. But, you know, sure. it's a medal all the same. Um, You won. So, it just like the one do you get in ten dollars and like dude this is double what i what i you know been getting it's like wow like yeah but i mean i guess that's how it starts so you know you got to start somewhere you don't get into this most stuff like this you don't get into it thinking you know well i'm gonna go down there this tuesday night wrestle you know i'm gonna be able to you know pay my bills off this one match you know right you're going into it because you you know you enjoy doing it um and you know, then you know, if you get ten bucks out of it, cool, you got ten bucks out of something you like doing. Like, so right. You know, and, and a lot of people who like I'm trying to think. I had some I had other names come in and uh we had a young lady that there's a there's a nasty term for what she is, but she financially helped out the business and wanted to see certain people. So um she was our, our money mark. Um, but she approached us. We didn't go chasing her. She's like, hey, I'd like to help bring in some some guys or anything you need help with. So, you know, occasionally we would have uh, uh, Kirby Mack, who was uh, the uh, AWA at the time, was back around. which had to shut it down, I think, because it was like they didn't actually have the rights to use it. <laughs> uh, Kirby Mack, uh, uh, one that I hate to say, but Chasen Rance, who uh, – was I think he's a registered sex offender now based on some wrestling related things. So huh. um yeah, always fun. Um then so of course we had Samoa Joe come in. Um and that was yeah. that was expensive. That was very expensive. I, I vaguely remember you mentioning that too. Um yeah. Or, or it might have been was that on a flyer? I've got the poster here in the basement. Okay, that's yeah. what it was then. I was like, I know it's over here with the belts and stuff. Um, damn it, I had a, a so yeah with the um with being approached, you know, though to put on shows, you know, like I guess because I think about that in the terms now, I should probably not talk with my hand over my mouth. Fuck, act like you've recorded before, Dante. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Um, because I think about now, you know, with social media, you know, we get approached emails or messages asking hey you know specifically like podcasting or just like jujitsu in, in general as far as gear as i you know we were talking before um about this thing going on with the gi stuff um did, did it ever feel weird her approach you guys you know did you feel like like is this for real are you serious or are you bullshitting me like are you trying to scam us um I, i'm trying to remember how Cause I, I didn't really talk to, I mean, she was just, she was in the crowd and I'd say hello to her, but I didn't have conversations with her. And I think my brother who became my brother-in-law had ta- talked to her online or something and, and had, you know, approached it that way. Um, okay. One of the first names we brought in, this is a fun story. 
Are you familiar with um, any of uh, 80, 83 Weeks or any of those podcasts? Um, no. I, okay. I'm not. I don't know. So it's um, uh, what happened when with Tony Schiavone or what's the one with Bruce Pritchard? Um, yeah, I, if any wrestling podcast I'm aware, I'm aware of Bruce Pritchard. I haven't listened to it, but yeah, I'm okay. So, so Bruce is on there with a guy named Conrad Thompson. That's the number. It's the guy who who uh, it's the guy who. Um, you know, is the not star on, on all those podcasts. He actually okay. has a whole network of them now. And he just happens to also be my wife's ex-husband. Oh. Um, so um, the first time we brought Tracy Smothers to town, he paid for it. Oh, well, true story. That's in small it, wrestling world. <laughs> yeah. Seven degrees of, or six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Something like that. Something like that. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't remember it being odd or anything. I mean, it came, she, she, she occasionally would want to bring in somebody like, I remember there was a guy, um, his name was Timber. Never heard of him. He wrestled up and down North Carolina. She wanted to bring him in and I contacted him. I was like, Hey, you know, be interested in bringing you in. We're in North Alabama. You could fly. If, if you're flying, you fly to Nashville. If you were driving, you know, whatever. What what's your ticket for that? And he, uh, I think he said like six or seven hundred bucks. Um, and I said, man, I was thinking more like a hundred plus trans. <laughs> and he said, he said, man, I can get that and stay home. I'm like, okay, well, good for you if you're getting a hundred dollars a night somewhere. I mean, um, yeah, stay home then. But uh, yeah, but you know, I'm trying to. Th- uh, we brought Chris Hero in. We actually had Chris Hero wrestle. Who is now Corey Graves on WWE? So I saw your post on um, the ROC Wrestling mm-hmm. uh, Facebook, and you had put up a comment. I think you said um, one of these guys sitting at this table used to wrestle my promotion, and I read that like I didn't follow any of the other comments. But I was like, mm-hmm. huh, I'm guessing Corey Graves. Yeah, it was Sterling James Keenan was his name. And that man, that I, you know, we put out DVDs in the roughest sense of the word. We had a guy edit shit together and burn DVDs for us. Um, and that match was filmed for DVD, but I sent the, the guy who was doing my editing at the time was in Indian, Indianapolis. And apparently he was big on drugs and lost the tapes, but he told me they were, they, he, they, they got lost in his mom's trunk, which makes no sense. But hmm. okay. Yeah. But actually, Chris Hero, I guess, was working in Birmingham, Alabama, and tweeted out something along the lines of the last time I I was I wrestled in Alabama, it was against Corey Graves, um, and I came out to double Dutch bus, which he did. I always thought that was odd. And then Corey Graves commented back something about and that old lady in the front row hit me with half a hockey stick or something like that, which would have been Miss Fran, who sat in the front row and would hit the guys with a hockey stick if they got too close to her nice uh, good for her good for her she was fun rest in peace i spoke Hey, actually side note i spoke at her funeral um hmm. my i had a gimmick name of course i was chris castle and and she passed away it was right at, we had stopped running the show um at that point i'd sold it to someone else uh but i got contacted i was i was pretty good friends with her grandson who actually wrestled for us as well but she had been coming to wrestling forever you know she went to that other show and she was always so mean. I was scared of her when I wrestled. I'm like, this is a lot. Because it's like, what am I? I can't hit her back or anything. So they asked me to speak at her her, her 
wake. Yeah. And I get there and it said, uh, you know, the whatever that I don't know. What are they saying in the front? The person's name, whatever, whatever. You go uh, to the inside and it's got, you know, like what the what do you call that? The playbook or it, um, I probably wouldn't be a playbook at a wake. <laughs> that's that's the only thing that comes to mind. <laughs> right, I, I get what the, you're saying. Like the table of contents kind of thing. Yeah. And it said officiated by Reverend Chris Castle. <laughs> I'm like if I don't run with this gimmick. <laughs> Anyways, um, I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, oh, oh, Corey Graves, yeah. So R- Ricochet used to work for us a lot oh, when he cool. was about half the size and four times the hair. Um, mm-hmm. He was in based out of Kentucky. Um, so anytime we ran Tennessee sometimes and they'd come down, him and um, Chuck Taylor, who wrestles for AEW, yeah. they, were, they, were, uh, they were a car load. So you got them um, together. I, there's someone I cannot remember now. Um, every time they came to Baltimore, WWE comes to Baltimore. I cannot remember the wrestler now. Um, he was one of their uh, cruiserweights, though. That He was a cruiserweight champ at one point. I just can't remember his name off top. It was like every time they came to Baltimore, they made sure that he was on the card um, for Raw or SmackDown or whichever or. Um, or even, you know, a pay-per-view, you know, they make sure that he got on the card, um, even if it was pre-show. Just a local guy or? Uh, yeah, it was a local guy. But but he, you know, he was one of the WWE talents, though. Oh, okay. I see but, what you mean. They just, yeah. But, yeah, when they came to town, they made sure to um, put him on the card. And um, what's his name? Um, The guy who used to come out with... um. Um, Carmella? Carmella. He's yeah. from Baltimore. Yeah, he works um, with that promotion, I think, in Ellicott City. Not Ellicott so, City. Um, uh, I don't know. I lost it. Another uh, talent that would come to mind. I went out to an Orioles game a few years back, and we're all sitting. We went out to dinner afterwards, and um, I was sitting there, you know, with my buddy, and he's his uh, high school buddy is there, and his wife, the uh, the high school buddy's wife, is cousins with. Oh, is it? Um, let's see. Ells- James Ellsworth. Yeah, Ellsworth. Yeah, she's that's her cousin. Yeah, I was like, and, you know, as she starts, so I was like, oh, wait, wait a minute, he's he's local because I never knew he was local. I the promotions in Glen Burnie, the one I'm thinking of. I don't know the name of it. But. Oh shit, that's like I can throw a rock and hit, hit a heroin addict right now in Glen Burnie. Nice. Like, <laughs> uh, fuck Glen Burnie. Um, <laughs> yeah, since their Toys R Us close, I really don't have much reason to go to Glen Burnie. Yeah, there's not shit out here. Like, even that, dude, all the Walgreens out here are trash. I go to Walgreens, <laughs> try to get an exclusive. I, I stumbled upon the Emma Frost and the um the New Mutants, the uh, Danny Moonstar three pack there, just okay. on some dump, both sitting next to each other, just on some dumb luck. I went in there. I had 40 bucks. Wow. Hope just your, enough to get them both. You was going to say, I hope you had your plus card with you or whatever they have. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Use my points on these toys. Uh, you know, I saw them. My eyes got wide. I picked, <laughs> there was another lady like in the toy aisle behind me. She was looking at some other unrelated shit. And I, look, I looked at her, kind of gave this look like if she comes, like I'm committed to fight. <laughs> and then um, I picked up both figures and, you know, I'm looking over my shoulder like I did something wrong. I got up to the counter. They rang it up. They said the price. I was like, shit. I was like, hold on. Hold on. I got points. Um, 
and fucking ran <laughs> out of there. And the I've point? never, ever, ever seen. Um, the only thing you ever see at Walgreens now is the Medusa figure, um, Wasp. And that's those are pretty much the only ones I see there. Uh, every so often, I stumble into, uh, what was it? Um, there's an Iron Man that came out recently. That was an exclusive. I saw three of those. Ask Marilyn Phil, you okay. need? He was like, I have. I was like, okay, I'm leaving. Man, that stuff. So, like, I remember being in, I used to work uh, when I lived in Alabama. I worked in Memphis a lot. So, I went over there like two weeks a month. And I always passed through these little towns in Mississippi. And one of them had, like, right on the road, because there there's not a interstate to get where back from point A to point B. So, it's four lane highway. Well, you go through some towns, and one of them has a Walgreens, like, right there. So I'd always stop in that Walgreens, and I was in there one afternoon, and they had, this was back when, let's see, so it was Star Wars Black Series. It was when C-3PO with the red arm had come out from Mm -hmm. The Force Awakens or whatever. So Walgreens had an all-gold exclusive. And I walk in there, and they've got, like, they've got six of them on clearance. They'd just come out. For like ten bucks, so I just scooped them all up and you know handed them, handed them off to people who needed them. Yeah. Um, I'm like, geez, it's it's ridiculous. Sarah just um, because Walmart did a Thanos. They had a Walmart exclusive Thanos years ago. Mm, I remember that. Never saw it in the store ever. I never, never see, either. never ever see these exclusives in stores ever. I don't know about the new Thanos, if that's an exclusive or what. I don't think it is because somebody just posted a picture and said they saw it at GameStop. At Game, but, okay. I was thinking it was Target, but I may be wrong. So we found them. Well, I say we because my wife did. So I'm an extension of that. Um, so she shoots me a picture. She's at Target out here at Wall Chapel in, um, I guess that's Anne Arundel County. I don't know. But she s- sends me a picture. The only reply I gave was yes. I, I no questions. I was like, yes. And then she shoots me another picture. Like, yeah, there's four out here. What? Like, I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so I put on Facebook. I was like, hey, if anybody needs a Thanos, they're here at Target and Wall Chapel right now. And so I got a couple messages. People like, hey, pick me up one. So Sarah mm-hmm. was like, I got to go back and use my my points to get my discount because you know that's how you know wives work. That's um, right. So, so so she was like you want me to grab um grab another one i was like yeah 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 well hold on so because my my uh, jiu-jitsu coach asked for one so i should have been was like dude do you really want this he was like how much it was like 30 bucks like which honestly i wasn't gonna charge him 30 bucks i was probably just gonna give it to him right but he was like well fuck that i was like okay like it just uh, there's something about that that rubbed me wrong. I was like, all right, well, you don't want to be in this world. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like if, if probably best not, probably best keep your distance at that point. Yeah, because I mean, looking at this basement, like it's it's a little out of hand at this point. Where <laughs> it's only Marvel Legends. Like that's what's the sad part. Uh, and actually, for y'all that are listening a big part of what got me kicked off on collecting the Marvel legends was Chris. Sorry. <laughs> so it, it, cause it, it was, it was a slow pickup. I bought the Scarlet spider at um, FYE years ago, just cause I liked the design. So I picked it up. I was like, cool. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I have it. And I picked up Scarlet, Witch because I love, I love a good, crazy, you know, woman who can 
you know, destroy reality if she wants. So sure. I picked that figure up. And then Sarah bought me Spider Gwen over that um the previous Christmas uh in like twenty fifteen or something. And then I'm not sure how or why I saw that you uh, had the X-Men, that first X-Men wave. Mm -hmm. I was like, put me down for one. And then when the time came, we had just bought this house too. So Mm -hmm. I think like it was delivered and we just closed on the house (laughs) like the day before. So the first thing that was in this home of any like substance was that set of figures. I opened them up. I didn't know what I was going to do with them, but I, I was, it was like, this is it. I'm like, I don't need another action figure in my life. But then I started looking. I was like, well, wait a minute. This is weird though, because of the figures that are here. So I was like, I got a Wolverine. I got a Phoenix. I I need a Cyclops. I need a storm. And then, so it began. Mm -hmm. And here we are now about 200 figures later. Um, I've, I've got a problem. <laughs> uh, you know, I I have, yeah. I I, yeah. I don't collect Marvel Legends anymore. Uh, very. I, the last one I got was that carded Kingpin, like just because mm-hmm. I thought that was such a cool build to figure it. And, and it's a little different, yeah. but it's fine. Um, I, you know, my 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 oldest Mason, he collects uh, just Spider Man. Just the Spider. I'll give him credit for keeping it tight. He just yeah. does Spider Man. Um, okay. Spider Spider Verse, I guess you know the villains and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, "Be glad you're not on that X Men shit because they they just <sighs> destroyed people last couple years." Yeah, I, I'm I'm fucked. Like, but I mean, I'm I'm on that Mezco. I mean, it's 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 a problem. <laughs> it, it, so um, I I said to myself, I was only doing mutants up from the '90s '90s mutants. And I've held true to that for the most part, but then I started going with MCU. Mm-hmm. And a- even in that pocket, I'm very selective. Right. And I have a handful of spider figures. So, um, listen, he was an X Man at some point in time. Well, they tried to recruit him. I don't know. They, they thought he was a mutant. He was like, no, I'm not a mutant. And so, that, I, I think they were both on each other's cartoon as well. I think the X Men were on. Oh, I'm Spider-Man. sure there was a crossover. Where's Phil? We'll ask Phil. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we, we, uh, we it's season seven, episodes <laughs> nine and ten, first aired nineteen ninety three. <laughs> Phil will know it inside and out. Have you seen the new Oreos? <laughs> I, I love when when he comes over. The, this last time he came over because he was rushing from work. Um, he still he still managed to bring cookies. Yes, um, from Subway. He always brings desserts. Like, like you say, he yes. he is the the Cool desserts Table and- Network's baby D. <laughs> I said that on Nerd Rage. Yeah. Like when you said that, coming out. Dude, when, when I heard that, I was driving and like just I lost it. But it's true. You it's take like, a bite of shoots glitter in your mouth. Because <laughs> <laughs> so I put up a post the other day and I was like, wait a minute. Because I, I, I never use the fridge down here in the basement unless I'm there's beer and Gatorade down here. Uh, two um, things and, you always need. Yeah. Like I, I need the Gatorade to rehydrate rehydrate me after i get done drinking a fucking 30 pack of beer um so i look next to this box of wine i was like who the fuck brought blackberry ginger ale here 
Oh, you know who that was. That's just good. Did you drink any of it? Oh, it's delicious. I just finished it. it <laughs> oh, my God. That shit was magic. Yeah, that stuff was really good. I think he was that what? Because he Phil came through uh, for right first of the year, I think. And he brought some Oreo. I think. Did you bring Oreos? Yeah, he brought like white fudge covered Oreos and um, and then some sodas that we drank. And he left them here. So. Yeah, I mean yeah. to tell him he left uh, the six pack of um, of Coke here. Uh, I can't remember what kind. So when he was rushing over, I meant to tell him, like, dude, don't grab a drink. You have drinks here. Um, but yeah, every time he shows up, it's always a treat for the family. And it's like, dude, I, I appreciate that. I, I can't thank him enough. But at the same time, I'm like, dude, I'm trying to lose a little bit of weight here. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I, I've been watching the back and forth with he and Laura about the the Orioles, and then Joe's in on it. Now I'm like, I'm not fucking with y'all because <laughs> I don't like a sleeve isn't a serving for me. A bag is a serving. So yeah, yeah, I I got to step away. Um, but as everybody who listens to this show understands, I do get sidetracked. <laughs> um, hey, listen, it's just it's just an extension, man. Yeah. Well, that's what I think also whenever I have anyone from, um, you know, the Nerd Rage team on, it's like, honestly, like, yeah, I want to talk about a specific thing. But, hey, man, like, you know, where this is probably going to go. Yeah, it's like because I, I was actually going to open with the whole X-Men thing. <laughs> yeah, I was like I was like, no, no, let's just jump to the heart of the conversation and then we'll, we'll get to the X-Men point because I can't avoid it because I'm sitting here surrounded <laughs> by like everything if if there's anything that i'm really collecting i have a collection of wolverines yeah like i have a shelf of nothing but wolverine and i mean that's such a good that's such a good figure to um to or good character to collect because yeah i mean more than likely you're going to get at least two wolverines just in marvel legends every year plus mm-hmm. there's a million other uh you know there's a there's the mesco wolverines which by the time this airs, I'll send you a link to something this week that, okay. that might pique your interest. Um, but there's, you know, um, you get the Mayfix stuff and those crazy Rebel Tech stuff. If you wanted yeah. to get into some of that, I mean, it's just such it, it's it's like Deadpool for Joe. You know, there's <laughs> it'd be, it, to the point where you're you're frothing at the mouth because there's so much you can't uh, digest. So, Well, like, I started looking at some Mezco stuff and like. I sit there, I bookmark stuff. I, you know, I put stuff in the cart and I'm like, dude, just stop. Like, just stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then, um, now that because I'm really kind of on the tail end of the mutant stuff. Cause what I was trying to do is just get the nineties mutants of relevance. Meaning right. X-Men gold and blue. That's complete. Mm-hmm. X factor is kind of complete. I need a true fair, uh, Wolfsbane. Okay. Um, X force. I need a feral. And I need Excalibur. Like I only have Captain, like Captain Britain and um, and Nightcrawler. Really, really. there are other characters that I've just kind of peppered and say this is a pretend Excalibur. But <laughs> you know, who who's gonna really know? That's why. Right. That's why I don't let y'all into my basement. Oh, like, come on. Y'all would look like what the fuck is this? Is an X Factor or, or Excalibur? And I'm like, hey, listen, I'm not the one that would judge you like that. Mainly because sure. my like I'm looking around. You've been in my basement before, which I've changed yeah. it since then. But hmm. we're doing a <laughs> a hard house reset, and it has nothing to do with dicks. I promise. Um, like my wife wanted some new 
a new entertainment center kind of thing upstairs. And she also had decided since she has quite a few collections and none of it is displayed anywhere except the basement that she wants to display some stuff upstairs in, in like our living area, mm-hmm. which is exciting nice. as hell to me. Yeah. So then she had also, she had, before she bought that, she had bought this. We bought some Ikea furniture off of Craig. It's not even Craigslist anymore. Facebook marketplace. Yeah, that's a whole nother story. Anyways, long story short, got it all in the house. She hated it. So it's all coming down here, which, hey, more display space. Well, right, we want to build a wall right here and make this back part like behind me here on the camera a secondary workspace because I got all the 3D printers and the resin kind of stinks. She doesn't like it. There's a vent there. Plus, there's a door and we can store materials here. Um, So that's why things are just a wreck. I mean, I've got totes full of figures that, like I get new shit in because, yeah, I can't really mess with anything or put it where I want to put it right now. But if I don't buy it when it comes out, I mean, they're going to pay double or never get it, you know. Mm-hmm. So this Mezco game is wild. Uh, but, yeah, I feel you there. I mean, listen, I'm never I'm never I'm not a collection judger like some people. <laughs> I'm not going to shame anybody. Um, like I like I look at the basement right now and. Like I always say, look, I'm not going to get hot toys because if you look at my basement, my basement doesn't deserve a hot toy. This, this, it looks like, I don't know what it is. But then when they, after WandaVision ended, they show the legend uh, for the, you know, the new setup and then the white vision. And then I think I saw a hot toy and I was like, if there's any hot toy that'll get me, it is Scarlet mm-hmm. Witch because I you, that, love it. That new one, that new one. I, that it's a breathtaking piece. I have a Scarlet Witch from mm, a movie. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> She's got on pants. I think that. Yeah. I don't know. There's because there's two different ones. Um. But uh, yeah, that's a breathtaking figure. I saw it and I was like, "This might be it. This might be the time that I." And I just got um some sort of little glass cabinet down here. I didn't get a detail because they're all sold out. Oh, um, really? But I got some little setup, and I'm going to get a second one to put on the other side of the TV. Okay. And the question I was asking myself is, what am I put? Like, I have enough figures, you know, that I can't, you know, it doesn't matter. Something's going in there. But, I, sure. you know, there, there has to be a purpose. And it has to, like, make sense to me. And I've thought a lot about, like, right now, like, I've got, I got these really nice cabinets. They're basically, like, the showcases you'd see at, like, a trade show. There's a... Mm-hmm. got them at a gotcha. flea market it was closed they're, they have a mirror back they're lit they're they're very nice um and I've, I've got stuff in them and i try to make it look nice but it's like you know to really make this look nice i need to cut about half of this down so yeah. i think i've come the real the realization through obviously you know nerd rage and other things is i think my dis my display doesn't have to match my collection i can have all this shit without having it on display and not having anxiety about it because that gets me a lot is my God, mm-hmm. I've got all this stuff, but I can't, I, I don't have it out or, you know, who the fuck's going to see it right now anyways, but I don't have it out and I feel anxiety about it. But in my mind, I've got to get your display and your collection are two separate things. So over COVID, um, my basement just flooded. No, oh. the, the uh, pipes burst um, oh. and seal. And it, it, fortunately, the very minimum da- damage besides the actual drywall itself. But okay. I ended up having to pull down a lot of my figures. So everything was in this giant box. Mm-hmm. Um, the only things that didn't come down were 
uh, I have this curio cabinet with looks like on the top shelf, uh, Sarah's dark crystal set. Uh, the second shelf, I have all my mutant villains. And then the third shelf is the X-Men gold and blue team. Then the bottom two shelf are like a bunch of Disney statues that those are also Sarah's, which I do like those statues. They look really nice. So I'll claim them like the Tinkerbell little joint with the mirror. That shit is beautiful. <laughs> right. Um, so if people ask, like, I, I think I used it for one of like the episode pictures for one of these uh, podcasts. And I was like, that shit's mine. Like she can't beat me. <laughs> um, but that was the only thing that stayed up. All the other figures were pulled down and put in a box. And I just started pulling those back out. I still have a few figures in the box, but as I'm going through this now, I realize I have a lot of mismatch. It's just, right. you know, just I have like Captain America, Scarlet Witch, you know, comic versions, uh, Vision, Namor. It's like, but then I don't have any, you know, other figures from the Avengers. Then I have, you know, Fantastic Four for some reason. I don't know why. I think, right. I think because I saw them at Walgreens, mm-hmm. it was like, I got to get them now. But, or, well, you probably bought one and then like, well, shit, I got to get yeah. them all now. You tricked yourself. Well, yeah, because I saw Human Torch. That was the first mm-hmm. one. I was like, well, I'll get this. And then I saw Mr. Fantastic. I was like, well, shit, I may as well get the other one, too. We ordered Thing um, when it became available. And I saw Invisible Woman. I was like, well, shit, I got them all now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, now nah, I need a Doctor Doom. And they didn't have one yet. So, um, but either way, like I'm, I'm thinking about with this next case, um, one shelf for uh, the original six Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, then the next shelf will be the Fantastic Four and their peoples. Okay. But then the bottom shelf is like my Spider-Man collection isn't cohesive enough to say, hey, I can put Spider-Man and the Sinister Six here or the Spider-Verse people. Or So I'm trying to figure out what goes there. And then it's like, well, if I get that Scarlet Witch, but then that wouldn't make sense to put there no. either. So it's yeah. like, well, shit. So I'm going to get that fucking hot toy. I yeah, just got to figure out where it's going to go. Um, yeah, I may need to go in its own little spot. Yeah, I, I'm looking around the basement, and I've got two other options that haven't been. Like, even right here behind me, there's kind of an open area mm-hmm. that I might um, tinker with. Um, I'm just not sure yet, but I'm I'm going to get that fucking doll. <laughs> and I, I'm going to – and I'm in. I'm, it's, like, I, I'm not all the way in. Like it might be a hot toy, you know, one every couple years if, <laughs> if, it, if it works. But I saw that figure and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I, I sent it to Sarah. I was like, and she she thought it was a Marvel legend. So I was like, she was like, "Yeah, like we got to get it." <laughs> I was like, she said it. So she said it. It's the it's the it's the gospel now. Yeah. So when it shows up, she says, "So how much is this one?" I was like, uh, you know, two fifty. Like what the fuck? So yeah. Um, and then that will be probably. Well, the the, and then you, well, what then what you do is you get you go pick out your your um your seven no your let's see that beat uh, your twelve worst Marvel uh, legends. It's like would would you rather these twelve figures or this one beautiful collection? Yeah. Well, then you probably don't want to do that because then she probably stopped hunting. For you. So the the good thing about how I collect the legends though it's very very selective to a degree. Um, like the trash figures that I have is only because I bought a set to get the build a figure. Sure. But like my individual pieces, I'm it's it's extremely like precise. 
It was like, again, the X-Men gold and blue, all the villains, even my Spider-Man characters. I have Miles, Gwen. I have the Venomized Miles and Gwen. They're fighting. Uh, Carnage and Venom that I actually got from you. Thank okay. you for that. You're welcome. Um, you know, Green Goblin, Dr. Octopus, Black Suit Spider. You know, so it's like, th- that's there. And it's like, you know, everything's kind of specific. And just like, okay, I have these and there's a reason for it. I have a bunch of miscellaneous mutants from the 80s that I can't say, oh, this is the 80s X-Men team because it's not. They're they're from the team, but it's like they're just pieces that I give to my daughter. I think I gave her that pirate Deadpool that's now picking up value. It's like, oh, well. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, Charlie's got a. At one point, it was all set up on a shelf and its furniture got moved and he doesn't play. He doesn't play with anything. He plays video games. That's it. Like their entire lives are digital. Yeah. That's my daughter now. She's like, she woke Mm -hmm. up the other morning. It was like, she wanted to play on the iPad. I was like, or how about now? Then she started running around and jumping in our room and like bouncing. I was like, here, take the fucking iPad. iPad. You You made your point. You made your point. Um, but with, uh, staring back to wrestling. Yeah. uh, Like early on when, with watching wrestling, mm-hmm. um, like what was your, or, you know what? Yeah. Let's like, for, like wrestling period. Um, right. what was the first, um, your first wrestling memory? Like as far as watching it on television or being at a show or whatever. Um, I remember we, we lived in Tennessee when I was uh, probably through the third grade and right after third grade, we moved to Huntsville, Alabama where I, where I call home and where, where I was born. So where you're from, where I'm from, <laughs> God damn it. Um, and you know, new school, everything made a couple friends. And one of those friends was huge into wrestling. Like he watched it, you know, watched wrestling. Like that was his, that was what his life was, was wrestling. And I'd be, I'd never watched it that I could remember before that. So this would have been 84. Five or eighty six, so whichever. This is a horrible reference point, <laughs> but it is what it is. The year the space shuttle blew up was the year <laughs> I was in fourth grade. <laughs> that's what I, I can put that in my head. That that's where I was when they told us. Hey. Um, and he loved wrestling. He had all the LJN figures in the ring, and to this day, I don't remember. I mean, I collected GI Joe, Transformers, Masters of the Universe. I don't remember ever even seeing the wrestling figures. Maybe I just, I just like I had on blinders for what I knew I liked. Um, but I started watching it, um, you know, cause he watched it and uh, I never got any wrestling figures. I just never had any, uh, but I remember we went, um, we went, there was a house show in Huntsville and Hogan was going to be there. And uh, he fought uh, King Harley race. I remember that was the main event. Mm-hmm. And his music would not play, so we came out to Demolition's music. <laughs> and we were like, what? <laughs> the biggest thing I've been waiting on all day, that stupid song, and you played Demolition. Um, I don't remember a whole lot about it other than than that. Um, and we had pretty decent – I remember where we sat even in you know, a decent shot of the ring. And I remember not too terribly long about uh, past that. I really like Ricky Steamboat. I thought Ricky the Dragon Steamboat yeah. and WWF was, was just great. Well, um – he loses the intercontinental title of the honky tonk man. And I, I stopped watching it. I'm like, I don't like this anymore. Little, and I, I, I guess it wasn't on my radar that, you know, 
NWA WCW was a thing because I, he just went over there. Mm-hmm. So that was really my first memories from wrestling. Yeah. Um, what, what about yourself? I it, it's weird because I thought about this recently. Just which, what, watching the WWE Network. Um, I always go back and start looking at some of the matches and start thinking, it's like, okay, you know, my memory predates this, predates this. Right. I think the big standout was WrestleMania three when it, when it became kind of a mainstream, like major mainstream thing, because I believe WrestleMania three was at uh, the Pontiac silver dome, uh, silver mm, yep. dome. Yep, um, yep. and I lived in Detroit at that time. So it was a big deal for us, um, up there. I, I think, a family friend had actually gone to WrestleMania okay. three. They had like, like beyond nosebleed seats. Um, oh gosh. That's, but, that was a huge, comp- a huge place, right? Yeah. It is. I think for a long time, it was the attendance record and like to have a seat like way out in the rafters. It's like, mm, well, you know, I mean, you're there for the experience at that point. Exactly. So. You're not going to be able to see anything. Um, but that, if anything is probably my first memory as far as just it being on um on my radar as far as watching it i'm pretty sure you know the the usual sunday you know superstars of wrestling um sure yeah i watch that you know you know but they're you know just kind of pepper memories here and there like i remember being a fan of ricky the dragon steamboat um i remember i do remember him losing a honky tonk man I remember him having that rivalry with Macho Man briefly, um, you know, because just as they're kind of coming up the ranks together, it's almost kind of a natural progression. Um, right. Uh, later on, I think the biggest memory that stands out to me um, was like following WrestleMania. I feel like... Um, well, it might have been prior, but Hulk Hogan in a steel cage match against Paul Orndorff, uh, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Okay. Um, I do remember that and, you know, just kind of being glued to that because I remember looking at the cage and I was like, that's a weird looking cage. Is this the like, blue cage? Yeah. yeah. It, it was just like that, you know, but, you know, the, the stipulation was you had to climb out of the cage to win the match. So it made sense how it was built, but I remember just thinking like that is a really dumb looking cage. Like <laughs> who like, huh? Like that's dumb, but that's probably one of my earlier, earlier memories that at least kind of kickstarted me watching. And then my favorite early memories when Shawn Michaels kicked Marty Jannetty through the barbershop the window. Yeah. <laughs> that, that shit is always like, I, I still just like go back and find it and watch it because now nah, I'm a Shawn Michaels fan from beginning to end. So I don't know. Like I like the rockers. Um, <laughs> like it, it, I think it's just cause the, the bright colors, like the, the pink, I, I don't know, but if anything, that I mean, was the, the fake know. rock and roll, exp- the better looking rock and roll <laughs> express. Yeah. So, and when I discover NWA and WCW, I remember seeing the rock and roll express and thinking, who are these fucking phonies? <laughs> like, little did you know dude that's funny man yeah. you don't know that you've been watching the you've been you've been watching yeah. the bootlegs it's like these are the originals yeah i'm, I'm watching the the no frills brand the one that just right. came in a white box yeah um 
but yeah, that those were like my early memories. Um, just because when I moved to Flint, that was the first time I actually got to play with kids outside, and all the kids were wrestling fans, but they all watch uh NWA. So they're talking about Lex Luger. They're talking about Sting and Ric Flair and the Road Warriors. I didn't know who these guys were. I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> how do I watch it? Because I didn't have cable either. Like my foster family, we didn't have, like, I was the reason we got cable because I came home crying one day because I couldn't watch Double Dare on Nickelodeon. So my foster mom, you know, rest her soul, you know, you know, got, got cable. And we had USA, we had Nickelodeon, um, you know, uh, MTV, VH1, you know, all the stuff. I was like, oh my God, like, th- like this is a different world to me. So yeah. um, I still couldn't fucking find NWA though. So it, so didn't, it didn't matter. So I, I remember that friend that kind of introduced me to wrestling. I remember, and this boggles my mind thinking about it now, that whole Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and not ever seeing him again. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, well, yeah. I guess he's dead. I don't know. Because um, I, I promise any day I went to his house, like right after school, Rick Flair would be cutting a fucking promo on the TV. Like, I just I just distinctly remember. And it was on it was on TBS, you know, is where, where it came on the Superstation, probably at 335 yeah. or some crazy shit like that. Yeah, they always had odd times. Like, like, yeah. at, at 6.05. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's weird. Well, they yeah, it's just a gimmick. It's just a gimmick to give people a few extra seconds. Or it's it was actually to to boost the ratings of the hour by by the end of something running over, mm, yeah, which is well, them basically tricking the uh, the system. I mean, you know, they figured it out. Um, so, like thinking back to the first wrestling memory, you know, we get kind of that. What was your first WrestleMania that you recall? Like really being into like, like not just Gosh. being aware, but like you watch it's like, okay, this is my event. So I remember like, I, I mean, I didn't really even know wrestling. I remember being at, a, at one of my uncle's houses and he'd always take us to the video store, which we went to the video store all the time, you know, locally, our little mom and pop video store. And I, I never did get it there, but I'd always rent a, a WrestleMania and it was one of these uncles is like his house was super boring. There was literally nothing to do. And I knew like, okay, this is a four hour thing. I can, cause that's about, it was like, I remember WrestleMania three. So it was like, oh, it was like four hours, yeah, five hours. I'm like, all right, this will keep us entertained. It was like a double VHS. The first one I remember being like super pumped about, I got back into wrestling. Like I was probably in my mid early twenties, 22, 23. Um, the aforementioned friend who got me back into wrestling then that we started the promotion with, he it was you know, NWO had just happened, DX was it was popping off, and that's when I got back. That's what pulled me back into wrestling. Same. And whatever that WrestleMania with Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels and and, and uh, Mike Tyson, that was yeah. like I that was the one I was like blown, mind blownly excited about. I think that was 97, I want to say. I can't remember the number, but I remember, I I think it was like WrestleMania 12, something. uh, But I remember that one, too, Mm because that was a big one. I think that was a big one that, you know, I kind of, not because of the Mike Tyson thing, but it was like, you know, Shawn Michaels and now Stone Cold. I was like, I like the Stone Cold guy, but it's Shawn Michaels. I think think The Rock broke away from the nation at that pay-per-view, if I'm not mistaken, to kind of set him up as the next big, big top guy. Yeah. 
and we, we we would go to some house shows right around that time not house shows actually we'd go to they were raw tapings in um uh nashville which was you know an hour and a half or so from where we lived and there's uh, there's an episode of raw from around that time we were we had second row seats underneath the camera shot hmm. and whoever had the front row tickets like i think they were there for like 20 minutes so we basically we had front row seats to this um in the <laughs> the dirt sheets at the time had reported that val venus was gonna be premiering because they'd been showing the hello ladies the promos you know yeah in the shower with jenna james and all that well he he was debuting that night so we had a sign that said val venus is my dad um <laughs> and you can actually they we hold up the sign. They don't get to get shot of it, but yeah, you can go back. I found it recently on the network. I'm like, look, there's me and my yeah. dumbass friends all wearing those hats. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I think I, I'm probably going to go back and watch some, some, uh, WrestleManias and Raw's later on today. Now just like, okay, there you go. There you go. It's so easy to get to now. I'm kind of concerned what the peacock thing is going to do to Same. our cataloging. When is, do you know when that's supposed to take place? So the way I understand it, it's, they want mania on the Peacock app. So what I haven't seen clarification is, are you going to like, am I going to go to log into WWE network one day and just, it's the Peacock network. Cause see, like through our Xfinity, we get Peacock for free, but it's not really Peacock. It's like Peacock attached to the side of Xfinity. Like you can okay. say it any remote or whatever. But I'm not sure that that's the same thing as what this is. So it's very confusing to me. I, I don't know. Um, because, I mean, I pay $10 a month for the network now. I'll pay $10 a month for it still, unless it's free through my TV. But I just can't imagine I'm just going to say a WrestleMania, and it's just going to start playing. If it, if that happens, then I'm fat and happy. <laughs> well, hopefully. We used to I pay, mean, what, $60 for WrestleMania? Jesus, yeah. I mean, when, when WWE Network came about and then that was – kind of the catch was like look all mm -hmm. the pay-per-views are here yeah i was like wait a minute i can so pay 120 dollars a year and <laughs> i can watch the wrestling whenever i want and i get all the pay-per-views uh, okay let's do yeah. that i mean i wish ufc would take up that model with yeah. um because like i can watch all the ufc fights you know after you know the period has passed you know but like I think the last two UFC cards I've ordered, um, and you know I'm not disappointed. You know I don't regret it, but it's this this seventy bucks a pop now. That's, you know, man. Every once in a while there'll be like one fight I want to see on there, and I, I know I'll enjoy the whole card. But ugh, fuck, fuck. I mean AEW pay per views. I buy them, and they're forty forty nine or whatever. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, like UFC has one like every is it every month they have a that kind of yeah, yeah. and, and it, it's it, that shit it. And, and the thing is, when it's like with, with pro wrestling, it is scripted. And the thing is, with that, you, you you're going to be entertained, right? Like, you know, it's like okay, they're, they're putting on a show for you. You're getting your money's worth for the most part. With a UFC card, you could pay that seventy bucks, and like there was a free card um, on ESPN last night, and. Well, one of our guys uh, fighting out of Crazy Eighty Eight in Elkridge actually was on the first fight. Oh, uh, the um, the uh, prelims, one in sixteen seconds. So, this well, see, that's you know, I remember back in the day when Tyson was knocking everybody out. And those fight, I mean, those pay per views back then, I, I think they were fifty or sixty bucks back in the late eighties, mm -hmm. early nineties. Yeah, yeah. Like, 
y'all have not um worked worked your um um sorry i'm ordering my coffee thank <laughs> you um they have not gone up inflation wise so you probably if you look at the average american income from then to there but yeah fuck i'm glad they didn't because I, I getting to say that i remember people just always being furious and like well you know it's like it's like gambling essentially with a mike tyson yeah you're going to get an undercard of a bunch of matches that they never they don't even advertise you don't know who these people are mm-hmm. and then you're going to get you know uh, probably an hour build up to this tyson match and the likelihood of it being, you know, 30, 40 seconds is pretty high. Yeah. I mean, it was so, and that's kind of the thing with MMA because mm-hmm. I've been in and out of MMA UFC as a fan since I want to say 95. Cause uh, okay. the first one was in 93. We didn't watch that from the beginning, but I remember renting a tape of one of the very early ones. And it was just yes. like with tank Abbott and Dan Severn. It was just brutal. Like when the, when it was a horrible mismatches, you know, a sumo wrestler versus a a jujitsu or, or a you know yeah. kick guy. It, it was just like my uh, one of our uh, childhood friends, uh, Cedric. He he took taekwondo. Okay. And I remember he rented it. His parents rented it for, uh, from the video store up the street. So we come back, we sit down, we watch it. And mm-hmm. we were fascinated. We were just blown away. We were like, holy shit. Because this was where you'll finally get to see what martial art is the winning martial art. Like, who's who's the best? You know? So now we're introduced to jiu-jitsu. But, um, you know, we watched the first two, maybe three on VHS. And then I remember he ordered one. His parents ordered one for him. It might have been number five. And, you know, we're kind of, you know, we, we would get them every so often. We, you know, they wouldn't order everyone because it wasn't every month back then. It was like maybe every six months. And they would order them kind of like, you know, I don't every think other they, month. I think it was pretty sporadic. I don't think it was on a regular <laughs> schedule. Know, and it, yeah, it wasn't a, a month. It wasn't a schedule for sure. But it is like it, there was this window where it's like, you know, you get like maybe two or three in a year, in a calendar year. Um, and then. You know, we stopped watching for a while just because, you know, it got to a point where it was like there's only so many times you could really kind of see the same thing over and over because sure. it, it was just really just brawling. Then they started making rules, which I you can't like. punch him in the dick. No thumbs <laughs> to the I mean, it was a pretty yeah. basic shit. You can't pound on the back of somebody's head while they're unconscious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I like that there are rules because now it 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 added something there. It, it, it made it like, OK. This might even the feel a little bit for certain fighters. Right. Okay. Let's see. Even though the, you know, Coyce Gracie, you know, the smallest guy was still winning most of sure. these, but you know, it's like, okay, let's see where this goes. I, then, you know, I step away. Um, you know, there I, was, I, and then there was a, <laughs> there was what we'll call the dark times for, yeah. for UFC when like a bunch of States banned them. Mm-hmm. I remember I didn't go, but my friend went and I was invited to go to, it was a UFC fight in Dothan, Alabama. That was Joe Rogan's first UFC because oh, wow. he talks about it every so many episodes. Okay. Yeah, as soon as you said that. it, I knew you were going to say that place. And I was like, yeah, that was that one. Yeah. So he went down there and he said it was like, we had been to like a couple local wrestling shows and he's like, it was just like a little bit more organized um, than, than that. That was February of 97. Yep. That, that, and that's kind of when I started 
coming back a little bit. Um, like I was in and out and then I stepped completely away, but I was aware of certain names like Tito Ortiz, Chuck Liddell. Um, you know, these were the mainstream names. Um, and then it, I mean, there's, there's a couple of names. There's Vitor, Vitor Belfort was yeah. on this card. Uh, Mark Coleman beat Dan Severn on that card. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of names on it. Yeah, yeah. I it mean, was called Judgment Day. And that was actually uh, Vitor Belfort's uh, debut. Okay. Um, it looks it, like he. It looks like he. I was going to say wrestled. Looks like he fought twice on here. Um. He because he, he beat Trod Taligman, uh, TKO in a minute seventeen, and then. Yeah. He also maybe there was a tournament or something. Possibly. Then, then he beat Scott Ferrazzo, uh, TKO in forty three seconds. Because I think he won a title, perhaps. Because um, if there was a tournament, I know he was like a one of the younger champions. Um, but yeah, like you know, there was you know there are names like yeah, uh, Mark Coleman, um, Dan Severn was still active. Um, Shamrock was in and out because eventually he had his rivalry with Tito, like in the um, early 2000s, because that's when I started coming back to it a little bit because they had a video game. So, okay. like, all right, let me play this game. Um, and it was just such fucking dog shit. But, you know, given what it was at the time, we were just excited to see there was a game. Um, and then the big boom happened in 05 when it had the Ultimate Fighter. In. Right. Well, they got bought by Zufa or whatever, right? Yeah, Zufa bought them in '97 or '99. They they bought them early on, but they were losing money. And then the Ultimate Fighter was kind of that hell mary. Like, look, let's just try it, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, you know, I think the Fertitas were about to sell the shit anyway. Yeah. Um. But Dana White, Dana White was like, "Come on, let's just just try this," and it it worked. Um. And I, I've been a fan majorly since. Okay. Uh, like like balls deep. Just like every pay per view that was coming out, I was ordering them just about every month. You know, um, I'll tell you the 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 Ultimate Fighter hooked me, and I remember mm-hmm. I remember like watching that, like waiting for it to come on. I I remember where I lived, the apartment I lived in, and everything around that time. And like yeah. we'd order we'd order them because there was consequence, you know. Yep. Um, yep. And then, of course, Big Country was on there. Yeah. Big he's, the, he's the everyman fighter. <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> hey, Big Country. Like, And it's funny because when he was on Ultimate Fighter, it's like, wait, that dude's a, like, he was like the IFL champion. Like, right. why, does he get, why does he have to go through the house? Like, yeah. he's actually a champ. Like, fucking give him a contract, which he ended up earning his contract. I mean, I think in the house, he was like the only one who was actually, like, discounting Kimbo. Um, he was yeah. the only one that was like an actual, like, you know, signed fighter. Well, yeah, because Kimbo fought with Alex, uh, uh, da, 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 I can't remember, um, uh, Elite X, XC, um, in another promotion. And, um, Big Country fought for IFL. And, you know, the other guys fought for some other, you know, smaller leagues too. And some of them were just like kind of up and coming, like Brendan Schaub, um, you know, who eventually had a pretty decent career with the UFC. Now he's a stand-up comedian. Um, there you go. But I've, you know, I've forgotten about a couple of these the, the guys that fight Forrest Griffin and yeah. Stephen Bonner came from there. Yeah, they, they, I mean, they were the the big main event for uh, the first Ultimate Fighter, and that's what exploded the the popularity because basically. They just got in there and they swung for the fences. And mm-hmm. w- what I was just recently talking to someone about was like, people forget, forget that Diego Sanchez 
won the middleweight tournament for Ultimate Fighter season one. He beat Kenny Florian, you know, two veterans of the sport now and longtime UFC fighters. And everyone, you know, because that was never showcased or even mentioned that, you know, everybody remembers Stefan Bonner and uh, Forrest Griffin because that was mm-hmm. the big fight. You know, in the sportsmanship afterward, you know, they beat the shit out of each other. They hugged each other. You know, they were good friends. And I, I think that that whole little scenario in itself did a lot for the sport as far as just putting eyes on it, but also showing people that like, you know, when you watch old school boxing, it was like, okay, like say we get the pay-per-view main event where it's Mike Tyson. We get a bunch of undercards we don't know about. Right. But with UFC even though they didn't have like a weekly program like Monday Night Raw or SmackDown, if you were in, you were aware of these fighters. Right, and, right. And I think they did a great job with that. That, And I think boxing promotion, uh, it probably until today still, does, doesn't do a great job with that because no. who the fuck are these guys? Give me a reason. I mean, they might build I, – I, and I, I, this is I – I, I make a comparison to the Olympics sometimes because, <laughs> you know – the Olympics aren't going to promote every fucking swimmer out there, right? But you know Michael Phelps is swimming at 4 o'clock on Tuesday or whatever. Yeah. You know, so they don't <laughs> – it turns out there's a great undercard of swimming as well. Yeah. But you might not because you, you, you're always going to promote who's on top. I mean, WWE, they do mm-hmm. the same thing. Yeah. I mean, build, your money build makers. A show. Yeah. Give, wow. give me a little bit of a reason to care. Put a little bit – I mean – yeah. I'm okay. I'm okay if, and I've said this for years. If UFC, if the fight, the in-ring action is 112 percent real, but if you, damn it, you build some fucking characters around that and talk some serious character shit and not get fucking feelings about it, and you know, get your ass beat in the ring, that's a different story. But so, and that's I, where I think we are now. More, are, are they doing some story-driven shit in the UFC a little bit? I don't watch it at all. So, I know only thing I know is that there's shit that was happening on islands at some point. That's all I can tell you. But so, I, I haven't um, seen anything in a long time. I, I enjoy watching it. I just, I just don't. I mean, it, it's, it's a, it, I don't know. Like, there, so there are characters now, you know, but people kind of, you know, did this on their own. Um, you know, they figured out. Like, look, wait a minute. So remember when Conor Mc, uh, Conor McGregor debuted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was an outspoken guy, but he wasn't what he, you know, he eventually became what he is. But, you know, sure. during one of the press conferences, maybe it was post-fight or maybe it, it was a press conference and it, where he stood out to me where he caught my ear. Um, he got a knockout bonus and, you know, he's talking at another press conference like, well, I got to keep winning because how else am I going to afford these $3,000 $3, suits? Exactly. I was like, huh. You know, and then you start kind of really paying attention to this guy because you're seeing him going there and not flash knocking. Like he he knocked out Jose Aldo for the title, like in 13 seconds. But his other fights, he were he was winning them, but he was winning them in an oppressive fashion where he was just really technical, really good, and he talked so much trash and backed it up. Right. Then um, you know, you had Chell Sonnen who was talking shit back in um two thousand nine 2010 when he fought um you know before he fought anderson silva he was talking a lot of shit but nobody heard him okay then when anderson had his uh his dud of a fight in abu dhabi with damian maya chel sonnen stepped up and started really talking shit he went to daniel's like let me beat this guy up and um they got the fight booked they you know chel was talking shit all the way up to the fights 
Um, I remember the fight very clearly because um, our friend Mario, when he passed away, his funeral was the night or was the day that that fight took place. Oh, um, okay. So uh, Brutus and I went back to the house, ordered the fight, just kind of like, you know, let's clear our heads. And then we're right. watching Anderson Silva get the shit kicked out of him by Chell Sonnen. Wow. And he still won. He he ended up winning on a Hail Mary triangle choke at <laughs> like 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 less than two minutes left in the fight. Uh he threw up a triangle, caught him, won. But you know, this is where now you're starting to see the evolution of these characters being built. Right. Um, and now we're up to current times where we have Kobe Covington, who is a fucking phenomenal fighter. I love watching this dude fight. It's just he's got great cardio. He's a good wrestler. He's a good striker. He's just he's really fucking good. But UFC was about to cut him because really? he was born. Ah. Um. So he decided to go with this gimmick where he was wearing these cheap suits and he had a MAGA hat and mm. he was going around basically, you know, carrying around Donald Trump Jr.'s book. Um, oh, you know, he, he was being a complete dick, you know, he's, he's like taking photo shoots with, uh, hot girls and, you know, talking all this shit. And the, the thing is behind the scenes, he's a really fucking nice guy. Right. It's like, he's super nice. I'm like, dude. And when he fought, um, for the uh, welterweight title, it was it's still one of my favorite fights because it was just such a good back and forth. He ended up losing uh, the TKO. He had his jaw broken during the fight. Yeah. But, you know, you got these characters that are kind of developing. There are these storylines of sorts that are developed where you had Connor just recently fight Dustin Poirier. They fought earlier in, in their career where there was a lot of shit talk. And now you see them now at an older age and there's a lot of respect. They're hugging, you know, they're being really nice to each other. Dustin came, came out, won that fight. So it's one and one now. So now you got this trilogy being talked up, Um, you know, Jorge Masadov, you know, this guy, the street Jesus, he's out there talking shit. He knocked out um, former one FC champion, Ben Askren in three seconds. Wow. Um, You know, so in, in off of all the you know it's off all these characters that are being built, they're also backing it up. So yeah. that's that's the important thing. You can't go out there talk shit and then get flatlined. I mean, oh, even no. like even bring it over CM Punk and CM Punk was very respectful when he came over. You know, he wasn't a shit talker. Um, he came over. You know, it didn't go well for him. No, but you but know, he did it, it. I mean, he put in the work. It isn't like yeah. he just sauntered in there like yeah. a Vince McMahon walk and mm-hmm. you know. Just, um, I, I just honestly think, I mean, training for pro wrestling and training for MMA are completely different creatures. Yes. Uh, I mean, you think like those guys, you train in, in pro wrestling to wrestle five to seven nights a week at least, right? Mm-hmm. In MMA, you train to fight once a quarter, right? Once a month, maybe? Um. Well, so you, you know, you, you kind of always want to stay on. But when you when they're like you have a fight coming up, yeah, yeah it's I'm usually like you know amount, quarterly. Like, like your your your, I think the the position you need to have your body in mm-hmm. is the the position you need to have your body in for for a mixed martial arts bout is completely different than the position you need to have your body in to wrestle for the next twelve days straight. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. So the training and and the people, you know, like we started our little conversation here about where'd you fall in? How'd you first, you know, UFC, um, 
you know, it was let's take it was like a video game. We got the sumo wrestler and the jujitsu guy and the strong man. You just pick these characters there. And now these kids and I say kids because they're a lot of early 20s guys that are coming in. They've been training in jujitsu and in in striking and all this stuff since they were eight, 10, 12 years old. Yeah. And you can't just learn that as a grown person, you can't get your muscle memory to where you need it to be in that short span of time, especially considering punk didn't have any. Yeah. And I'm a punk fan. Don't get me wrong. He didn't have any, uh, uh, amateur wrestling background to, to tie back around to his, you know, um, Pepsi plunge. He had, <laughs> if he did, it wasn't a lot. I thought I that thought he had, he um, like a, 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 like slight background in jujitsu, not like anything major, but like, you know, kind of current time, not like, you know, he was training jujitsu in the early 2000s, but like, you know, recent, um, yeah, he's got like, his blue, he's got his blue belt recently. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Um, that was, well, it's back in 2017. So yeah, I mean, he's, oh. He's got some skills about him, but it's not the same skill set that somebody who is a UFC fighter that has trained for, you know, their entire life for these fights is what I'm saying. You know, you take a guy like, you know, Bobby Lashley was successful in MMA. Yes. Limited amount. I mean, that dude's, it makes me sad to know that he and I are the same age when I see his ass on TV. Dude, it's like, yeah. And you know what? I was... I, I watched one impact video on YouTube. So you know what that means here. They all come. Um, and then there was some like top 10 biggest title changes. And he was in like, man, he's gotten so much bigger since then, since, you know, three, four years ago in impact. Yeah. But yeah. So he, I've never seen any of his UFC fights or his MMA fights. He fought in Bellator, right? I believe I think Bellator. They were, both, they were both on spike TV at one point, maybe. I don't <laughs> yes. Know. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think a lot of these guys, I mean, Brock Lesnar had success, I guess. Yeah. I mean, he was a champ. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, and defended. But didn't he have to fight? He, he, he won the belt in his first match, right? Uh, so, no, he, he fought Heath, uh, Heath Heron in his UFC debut. He won that um, pretty handily. So then he fought Frank Mir, who's a former heavyweight champ, in his second mm-hmm. match. And he was winning that fight, like, as far as like he was controlling. Um, something weird happened. They, they, I don't know. Did they stand him up? Something goofy happened. Um, and then Frank got him in a, a knee bar. Uh, so okay, he lost the second right. match. Then he ended, or no, he might have debuted against uh, uh, Frank Mir. I'm sorry. And lost that I think match. He, did debut. he debuted against Mir. The second fight was Heath Herring. Yes. And then he, yes. Defended, and he defeated Randy Couture, which. Correct. What the fuck was Randy Couture doing with a heavyweight title in 2008? Was Or, or did they put. Let me listen. I know. I know this. This is this is fighting. This isn't predetermined. It isn't staged. But do you put a guy like Brock Lesnar that you want on top in a in in the ring with a guy like Randy Couture, who you know can get a good fight out of Brock Lesnar, instead of putting somebody in there that's just gonna try to knock his head off? So, I, I'm not saying there's anything fixed. I'm just saying if you want a good fight, there's a listen. If you're gonna make dinner. Are you going to put a bowl of corn puffs with your steak, or are you going to put a nice, healthy, loaded baked potato beside your steak? I mean, um, I'd eat it. I'd eat it either way. I'm yeah, it's like I mean, you're asking the wrong person because I'm because <laughs> that first option was definitely mine. Um, yeah. 
but, but you see what I'm saying, right? Yeah. So Randy Couture um, was light heavyweight champ at one point, you know, bulked up to get the heavyweight title. I don't even say bulked up, but um, because, you know, they, they cut weight to for the divisions, which is goofy, but whatever. Um, and, and Randy Couture is one of the lighter heavy heavyweight champs, obviously. Um, and uh, same way Cain Velasquez. He wasn't a really heavy heavyweight either. I think he was in about 22230. Uh, but, you know, then the heavyweights, you know, the, you had the old heavyweights like, um, again, Heath Heron, you know, the, these are big boys in the 250s and 260s, but they weren't like Brock Lesnar, who was fucking cutting down to 265 and he was jacked. And the thing is, people, you know, once Brock came in, the heavyweight game kind of took a different turn because you realize, like, wait a minute, like, we've got a really like we got to be like real heavyweights. You can't just be big, fat, sloppy guys. Um, and then, you know, you get, you, yeah, you get him taking the title from Randy Couture who, because I mean, again, that was the heavyweight champ and well-deserved uh, Brock comes in, takes the belt from him. He gets his rematch against Frank Mir because Frank Mir was the interim champ. Um, like whatever. I can't remember like the exact fuckery timeline there, but, um, he got that rematch with Frank and he was like, we're not, there's not going to be a second chance for this guy to fucking catch me. I'm going to beat the shit out of him. You know, he wins that fight. Then he defended against Shane Carwin, who was also just as jacked as he is. So that's where we were like, really going to get to see like, okay, is this style of heavyweight really, really the move, which, you know, Brock survived. Um, Shane Carwin gassed out because Shane Carwin had never been to the second round until that fight. Ah, um, and it was supposed to be a five round fight. So, um, you know, Shane, Shane ended up getting, uh, choked, choked out. And then, um, Brock fought Cain Velasquez who Brock outweighed him by about 40 pounds. But Kane was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I hear you, but do you hear these fists? Right. And right. Right. So, I mean, you know, you know, but Brock had, you know, a background with uh, wrestling and, and that that's a huge, huge advantage. Um, you know, especially, right. I mean, he was a he was he was a world class amateur, <laughs> which is the silliest thing they call those amateur and professional. But anyways, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but him coming in was, you know, no surprise at all. And Brock was that kind of guy. He he always wanted the next challenge. He needed mm-hmm. to be challenged. He tried out in the NFL, <laughs> you know, he, sure. he was, you know, went to the WWE, you know, you know, became champ there. He's a, a specimen, you know, his fucking uh, masterpiece. You know, it's like, Jesus Christ, look at this guy. He goes to the UFC, wins the title, came back to the UFC and beat Mark Hunt, who is, you know, a pretty, you know, fucking good fighter. Um, you know, and granted, they're like, okay, he popped for something. I like, I, I don't, you know, whenever someone tests for anything, it's like, how much did that, whatever they tested for, help, like, what did it help them with in the fight? Right. Um, versus, you know, their training. And I'm not justifying, you know, usage of any kind of, um, you know, supplements, uh, growth, human growth hormones, steroids, EPO. I'm not justifying that at all. It's just, you know, was it a trace amount you know what what are we talking about here right um but either way when you look at you know where pro wrestling and and 
MMA kind of, you know, married to each other, it is now an ideal that you have these personalities growing. Um, with pro wrestling, like I said, though, when you buy a pay-per-view, you know you should be getting entertained. Right, um, you're getting four hours of wrestling matches. You're not going to get... I mean, shit yeah. happens occasionally. It's pretty rare, though. Yeah, I mean, well, like I was saying, um, the card that was on um recently, you know, our guy out of Crazy 88, you know, he won in 16 seconds to uh, the first match of the night. You know, as the rest of the card went on, there are a couple other fights that went pretty quickly. Um, the main event ended uh, with, because of an eye poke, so it was a no contest. Um, but, no, it was a bad eye poke, like, I, like. I'm getting fucking chills. That shit was horrible. Um, but, you know, with MMA, you you know, paying $70 for a pay-per-view, it's like, mm-hmm. it's hit or miss because I bought the card that had three title fights on it. And the first title fight ended with a illegal knee. Like, the guy was down. He still got kneed in the face anyway. He won the belt off the disqualification, which is different from WWE because you can't win the belt. Because of a DQ. Right, exactly. Well, that, I mean, how funny would that be if you, you know, <laughs> I'm going to lose this fight. Let me punch in the nuts or jump, um, jump off the top rope. or Because I, I always thought that with wrestling when I was growing up, I was like, well, if they can't win the belt through DQ, I would just go in there and get DQ'd every match. And yeah. I realized, like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> like, that's predetermined. Never mind. Sorry. You know, it's funny. We'll circle back around. We were talking about those big 10 and $12 payouts. Um, and I'm just falling down the UFC rabbit hole here on, on, on wiki and they've got, uh, reported payouts for like the more recent stuff. Yeah. I had no idea these guys were making this kind of money. Yeah. yeah it, it's, well, so, now, I mean, I've never heard of these guys, like Justin Gaethje. Oh, uh, Ju- Justin Gaethje. Gaethje. Yeah. So he Gaethje. won and got three, fi- 350,000 and Tony Ferguson lost and got 500,000, which I'm sure it's just written as kind of, so I mean, yeah. the, the least anybody makes here is, well, this is lopsided. One guy, Greg Hardy made 180 grand defeating Jorgen DeCastro and he only made 12 grand. So Greg Hardy though, that, that's, that's the contract was, that's a name because sure. he played in NFL. Um, okay. Okay. And like that he basically got kicked out of NFL on I, I don't know what's what because to me he's a he's a woman beater if mm-hmm. you ask me but people are like well no he's done his time you know blah 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 it's like okay yeah but he did it and that's kind of the thing and I know we shouldn't be like well you know people can't learn from their mistakes I know that but I have a soft spot when it comes to women and children. Sure. So and like yeah I might say some like goofy shit sometimes about like females. I don't mean it. It's like, you know, me being dumb. Like I'll <laughs> say to my wife, like, didn't you just get the right to vote last year? Like, relax. Like you're not making decisions in this house. <laughs> oh and, my you know, God. And we all know, like she knows I'm fucking around. I mean, anyone who knows me knows that I'm fucking around, but you know, I, you know, I say goofy things, but when it comes to women though, I am, you know, as, like if, if you have a history of like, well, you know, he hit his ex-wife, um, yeah, he's a changed man. You know, he, he he's, you know, never raised a hand to his new wife and they've been married for 20 years. It's like, OK, you know, you know, you know, it's still in the back of my mind. You're probably a dickhead. But, you know, you, you've, you you know, been a good dude, you know, for these past 20 years. All right. Whatever. Like Greg Hart is still fresh. You know, that was, you know, right. you know, he, he apparently I don't know what. You know, I don't want to go into the details because I don't, number one, know them really because they're different stories. But basically, he's a big name coming from the NFL. So I'm sure that contract got negotiated that way where he was going to make that money. And it was probably also he got paid X amount to show and then the rest, you know, uh, 
uh, X amount to win. So he won. That was probably what that was about. Versus if the other guy won, he would have made probably 24000 and Greg Hardy would have made, um, you know, 90000 which is still <laughs> like right. lopsided, but. But yeah, they, there, there's there's money, you know, in in the sport, and it's when you start really looking at it. Um, the, so the fighters used to have uh, sponsors, and they you know wear the sponsors on their shorts. Yeah, they don't do that anymore. Yeah, they don't do that anymore. And a lot of fighters are getting paid a lot of money. They took away the sponsor money, so UFC had the contract with Reebok, and I don't know what the structures are now, but it's good to see that. You know, someone like Justin Gaethje is getting paid pretty well, um, and, and Tony Ferguson is getting paid well. So <laughs> like, I'm, I'm looking like, and of course, this isn't listed for every single one, but like this, this when was this show? September 27th in Abu Dhabi, they had a fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Set, the buy rate was seven hundred thousand. That's oh. crazy. So yeah, that's. I, I didn't think they were up that high anymore. Well, um, and I, COVID. <laughs> I mean, ain't a lot true. going on true it's out there because uh on the wiki yeah it used to have the the buy rates for them and i remember i used to always keep track of them i was like all right because the brock fights were always like at least five hundred thousand, at least if not a million so i was like okay you obviously know that's a draw george st pierre was always like 500 some odd thousand if not seven hundred thousand. um but like on the other side of that here's this is probably one of the last ones they had before shutdown this was february 8th it doesn't list a buy rate, but the the gate was three point five million dollars. So they're mm-hmm. not they're not doing that. Um, it's like like I said, like I had a list of questions, but it's like okay, well, I, I mean, like, if you want to rapid fire some of those here at the end, I mean, if it's something I can answer about wrestling, um, or, or I whatever mean, you want to do. I guess like the the big last one, as it's kind of a wrestling theme going into WrestleMania. My yeah. one question, um, out of you know, the current roster, if you mm-hmm. can make a, a, a WrestleMania match this year, um, just a dream match, I guess, if you will, who do you want to see um, on it, that? On the, the WWE, uh, yep. out of the yep. WWE um, yep. uh, current roster? Correct. Oh, man. Let me think that through. Let me give somebody some shine that hasn't gotten it in a while. Um, I tell you what, um, I, I couldn't think of his name earlier, but Andrade. Yeah, that's it. Andrade and uh, versus uh, versus Ricochet, man. I think that would I think be those guys because they both got that lucha influence. Yeah, that, you know, that, give them give them give them seven minutes on a pre-show. Even I think that's I think a hot flying match. It is. Like, it is. I mean, there's so there's so many guys right now that I won't I don't say they're overused, but you know what? Like right now, I have no interest in seeing. Um, uh, I always call him Bring Strong Hands, Braun Strowman, uh, and Shaming Man. I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't even want to sit through that. I'm gonna go outside and I might oh, start yeah. smoking just so I can go outside and smoke during that match. Yeah, no, I and, agree. I agree. Yeah, it's like, and you got all why Shaming? Nobody's paying to watch. Have you ever met anybody? It's like, dude, did you see that shame? After he got done being, oh yeah, he's gonna fall off something high yeah. or jump across. Her. I understand that you're fucking 50 years old. Chill out. Nobody wants to see you do that. Nobody. It's like, like with my limited tune into the shows, I, um, I forgot what time of year it was. And I saw Shane McMahon. I was like, Oh yeah, it must be WrestleMania. You know, if, if I can book a match outside and use people from different promotions, mm-hmm. I want to see and, and I, and I have a time machine. 
I want to see 1996 Ray Mysterio Jr. versus 2000, 2001, uh, 2020 uh, Ray Phoenix. I like do, it. Do you yep. know who? He, are you familiar with him? Yep. Yep. Incredible man. I, I just became aware. Um, like as in the past couple of weeks, I, I think I posted that in our rest, our little wrestling group. So I did, and that's similar. that was the first time that I I was aware. And then watching AEW, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I get it now. Yeah, the Lucha so, Bros. Yeah, he's incredible. So, um, I like the Lucha stuff. If I had a way to watch like AAA, um, I don't even know how to watch it. Like I looked into it the other day, and I couldn't make sense of how I would watch it because it's so fucking entertaining. It's just. Yeah, it's on another fucking planet. It really is. Some well, of these guys they have wrestling the characters. It's it's like yeah, I agree. I like a lot of I like a lot of high flying. Not not like yeah. too much, but I like you know that movement. It's just it's fast paced. It's action. It's go. I mean that's like I mean you know you know the early two thousands when you had the Hardy Boys and and you know Edge and Christian those mm-hmm. matches. It was always just you knew you were going to be entertained. So. You know, that that's where that kind of comes back from with me. And then even earlier then, Ricky Steamboat, you know, mm-hmm. his matches with Macho Man. And, you know, and then, you know, the, you know, Shawn Michaels, you know, when he started to kind of really, um, you know, grow, you know, in that intercontinental scene. So, um, you know, the smaller guys is, is when I say smaller guys, I mean, not like the Hulk Hogan's and the Kevin Nash's. Um, right. You know, it's like those are always entertaining to me. You know, and the bigger guys are there for the for the event, but the the smaller guys are there to sell the show. So, exactly. Um, but um, th- I, I think I got through most of the questions, but that was all. That's the big one that I wanted. It was like, okay, um, you know, WrestleMania. You know, what's your dream match off the current? And I, I agree. I, I think that would be a good match. All right. So, um, thanks everybody who's been listening. Uh, Chris had to get out of here, uh, take a personal call, but um. If you're uh, interested, um, you know, check him out. He's actually uh, does dioramas, um, and it, it's some really good work. Uh, it's something special. So um, you guys can catch him on Instagram at um, Crashbox Customs, I and mean, I'll put I'll put that in the notes um, for you all um, to catch on to. Um, and also, Chris is on a Nerd Rage Radio Weekly with uh, Bobby Skullface and Joe KW, who is also a past guest here with me as well. And sometimes Marilyn Phil as well over there and occasionally me. So um, otherwise, thank you everybody for, you know, as usual, listening um, and just being, being a part of this experience for me. And, you know, if you ever have questions, concerns, anything, feel free to reach out to me. You know where I'm at, bjj.wiki on Instagram off the mats podcast on Instagram, um, message me on either platform or either account. Um, and you know, I'm a friendly guy. Um, also make sure to check out my friend Zach. I'm over at student BJJ. As I've mentioned in, uh, previous episodes, the whole, um, elite sports debacle that's going on. Zach has been, uh, you know, a hell of a voice of reason within the group. Um, he's just, it, it, like he's amazing. Like the, like some of the points that he's brought up, um, his dialogue with the uh, representatives at Elite, it's just been out of this world. He and um, JB, both of them, just just everything that they've they've brought to the table, and then bringing in McDojo life as well. You know, you know if if you're not 
following those guys on Instagram, you know, please do. That's student BJJ, uh, Jits, uh, Jits bitch, which is a J I T S underscore bitch, um, on Instagram and then, um, McDojo life. Um, you know, there, there, you know, several others within that, um, with us, but you know, those are, those are the big heavy hitters, um, that are really, you know, going at, um, elite sports company right now. So check those guys out. And, um, otherwise thank you again. You keep listening. I'm going to keep making these shows. Thank you so much. Bye y'all. Now let me see his song.